everything. Right on, right on, New City Church. How are we today? Dude, what a day, what a day. Uh, Chiefs are not playing today. Um, and so you can tell because, like, we're full. Like that. What's weird, though, is like usually just one service or the second service is full, depending on when the Chiefs are playing or whatever. But um, uh, both services were, like, packed today. It's kind of wild. It's kind of neat, neat to see we had a lot of... A lot of visitors in the first first service, got a few visitors here today, so welcome everybody. If I haven't got a chance to meet you, my name is Casey, uh, one of the uh, pastors that are serving alongside a lot of you. Um, we also have some uh, some guests in the house celebrating Georgia Bulldogs' victory this week, is that right? I understand, thank you very much, go dogs. So, oh, oh. Uh, I happen to be from Georgia, and uh, and some of us, uh, are, some people are like, well, we'll be, we'll be praying for you being a, a Georgia Bulldogs fan, but uh, nobody hated Georgia before, before we were winning, and so it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's kind of neat. It's uh, rough being on top. Everybody hates you, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> some of you LSU fans uh, know, know what that's all about a couple of years back when you beat my dogs, right? Uh, but that's all right. That's all right, man. It is fun to be here. It is a wonderful time to be here. Um, I am in a little bit of a weird mood, as you can probably already tell. Amen. Right? <laughs> Nobody said amen. That was weird. Norm, no, 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 normally, when I'm self-deprecating, people are like that's exactly right. Um, but it's a, it's one of those deals where um, several of us have been doing this this fast since January one. And we're asking you as a church, us as a church, to start today for 40 days. And I will be honest with you. Uh, when Jesus comes out with a sermon, let everybody know God loves you. And it's going to be all right. Right? And, uh, and uh, he's going to protect you. He's going to be good. And uh, come to me if you've got any questions or, or any prayer requests. Right? He doesn't say anything like that. He says things wild like, hey, you've heard it said by those guys over there that are supposed to be the religious experts of our culture. You've heard it said things like, don't commit murder, but I'm telling you, if you have murder, anger, angst, well, like those kind of things in your heart, you're guilty of that, right? It's a matter of the heart. If you, uh, he says, oh, you've heard from those guys, don't commit adultery, things like that. And technically, physically, they wouldn't commit adultery, but in their hearts, they would. And he said, I'm telling you, if you, it is a matter of the heart. If you have lust for a woman in your heart, you're committing, you're committing that sin. It's absolutely stunning what he did. And he, and he sets the record straight for the word of God. For it, it, rather it being a, an outward expression, a technical uh, obedience, because the Bible says so, it's a relationship with God himself that propels us to do what he says. And it's, a, it's, a, it's incredible to see what Jesus did in this very first Matthew we have that will go to all kinds of experts and play all kinds of money to, to get the answers we need. And, and Jesus comes out in his first time coming out to the crowd of people and lays it down. If you're familiar with The Chosen, if you if you're watch that uh, show, uh, it's, it's a really kind of a neat deal because it's crowdsourced. It's not produced by Hollywood, so people donate money to get it. It's one of the honestly... Like I'm looking at it, it truly is one of the best portrayals of Jesus that I've ever seen. But he goes and he does this Sermon on the Mount, and people hundreds of miles away when he's away talk about him. They're, I heard you said this, and there are rumors about what you said. It, like it's really, really stunning what he said. And, and he lays things down. But what he says is, it, it, it kind of is wild because he says in Matthew 6, 
when you fast, when you give, and when you pray, he's, he's not even commanding us to do those kind of things. You hear people say, well, 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 the Bible says you're supposed to pray. Actually, it's kind of expected. That's kind of like the baseline. I, and I, I said it last week, and I still think it's funny as heck if you missed it. Um, uh, it it's, and, I, and I don't say it's because it's funny because I said it. I just think it's funny. He, the, like you never expect to hear a baseball player being surprised that they got to go hit a ball. Right? Like, oh, I didn't expect that. It's just expected. Like, you're a baseball player. But the coach might tell you, when you hit the ball, hit it this way. You're a football player. Juju Smith-Schuster next week, and, and when the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, this is going to happen as well. He's not going to be surprised that he's got to, got to catch a football, right? <laughs> he might not catch it every time. I don't know. But he's not going to be surprised that he's expected. But the coach might look, hey, when you, when you catch this football, catch it like this, right? You're a receiver. It's what you do. As a believer in Jesus, we pray, we fast, we give, which we'll go into more deeply next week. We talked about prayer last week. The hexagon of prayer. Still got some of those prayer journals ready for you if you got it. We had to borrow some from Shawnee, like Tina said earlier, because we sold out. The only campus that did it, man. Proud of Edgerton, right? But this whole idea of praying and giving and fasting, it's not a command. It's just what we do. It's kind of like some people say, well, baptism. We had a baptism last week, right? Like, oh, oh, do I have to get baptized? It's not that you have to get baptized. If you're a believer in Jesus, it's just what you do. It's not, it doesn't save you. It's evidence of salvation. If we do these kind of things... It's just what we do. Can I get some amens? Can I hear something from somebody in here, right? And so we got to be thinking through these things. It's, 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 it's interesting that everything we do, we have to be pursuing Jesus. A couple of weeks back, I, I found this. Uh, we were going through this scripture, Hebrews 11. It's kind of called the, the faith chapter. And we tend to focus on the powerful faith that some of the folks had in the Old Testament and that kind of thing. But here's something that struck me. Hebrews eleven six. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For the one who draws near to Him must believe that He exists. Right? We would gotta have that. And and by the way, Satan believes He exists. We got We understand these kind of things. I I think a lot of times people, and this sounds weird, but a lot of people will 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 align themselves more like with Satan than they will like Jesus. Let me explain that. They'll believe Jesus is the Son of God. They'll believe that he uh, came in the form of a man as, as God, that he fulfilled hundreds of prophecies from the Old Testament, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, rose from the grave, and by his shed blood and his shed blood only can we be saved. And everybody said hallelujah, right? Well, Satan knows that stuff. The difference is that we love Jesus and we pursue Jesus in everything we do, right? You with me? Everybody's kind of like, what's going on here? Am I, am I, am I talking kind of weird? I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of like uh, deer in the headlight looks. Say. Like this should not be a shock to anybody. Amen. Talk to me, folks. Talk to me. Somebody. Preach it. Come on. Here's the deal. Everything we do, praying, giving, 
fasting is a pursuit of Jesus. It's not just to be spiritually disciplined. It is a spiritual discipline. But it's more than that, right? Uh, what we got to do is that, that when in, in the rest of Hebrews 11.6 says, must believe that he exists and rewards those who what? Seek him. We go after Jesus. Like Everybody's like, I want Jesus' rewards, right? I want the rewards from God. Then you got to go after him. God's already done the work, and he has pursued us already through history by doing what he did with Jesus and by doing what, like the, the whole idea that Jesus did what he did for you and for me, right? He's done that, right? And so we, out of love and devotion and appreciation and so much more than that, we, we go after him because we love him. We want to pursue a relationship with him. We we. we Man, we're, we're, we're going after him all the time. So we've got to believe and to seek God. Matthew, five, or Matthew 6, 5 through 13. Jesus is going through this. This is the middle of the, of the Sermon on the Mount, right? And, and he's going through these ideas about when you pray, when you fast, and when you give. This is how you do it, right? And here's what he says, and I love this. Whenever you fast... Don't be sad-faced like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive. So their fasting is obvious to people. I assure you, they've got their, what? Reward. Isn't it interesting that God rewards those who seek him? And here's Jesus saying, they have their reward. They've got the recognition and the praise of people. They've got the people like, wow, you're really a spiritual person. And, and look at the fasting. You must, I mean, you look miserable, man. I mean, no, wait, we're going to be praying for you because that is an incredible thing that you're doing. What a, what a genuine man of God you are, right? And here's Jesus going, don't be like them. Isn't that interesting? I, I find it fascinating. By the way, the word hypocrite is, is, a, is a word that was used in this culture to express what a, an actor with a mask portraying to be something that they're not. And he's saying, those guys are fake. Those guys are whack. They're pretending to be somebody that they are not. And, they're, and they put, they, they fast. And, and, let me just, a little side note. People, a lot of people here fast. Let me just explain really, really quickly. Fasting is not about a habit that you're trying to stop. Fasting is not a creature comfort that we're trying to, to, to live, uh, live away from for a, a little bit, right? Fasting always, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat this, always, always, always has to do with food. We understand that? So I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you can't go on a Facebook fast. I'm not saying you can't, well, I'm going to go off of a computer fast, or I'm not going to watch TV for a, se a season. I'm going to fast from things I like. I'm not saying you can't do that, and if God says to do that, but understand what we're talking about, it has to do with food. And what's amazing about this is, you know, when, usually when I talk about, you know, giving and tithing and generosity and money and those kind of things, people kind of flip out a little bit, Right? Well, I guess people have just gotten sort of used to that because this is what we do. That's what Jesus said to do. But man, when I talk to the leadership about going ahead and starting a fast January 1, I cannot tell you the concerns 
that I got from people. Well, you know, there are some people that can't do that, you know, and there are some people that might die, and there are some people that might have this and might have that. Like, like I was like, whoa, where did this come from, right? It's pretty amazing in our culture how food has ingrained itself as, as, as part of our culture as if, and, and I'm not saying we don't need food. What I am saying is that what we have done is it has become an idol in our culture. I mean, you look at some of the commercials, man. I was looking at it because some of us are fasting. I was looking at you just notice food commercials a whole lot differently. Amen. <laughs> All right. I'm like, like, I don't even, like, I'm not a huge fan of Applebee's, but man, I was for about 30 seconds yesterday. I was like, wow. Like, it's pretty, like, your mouth starts watering, right? It's like, man, this is just weird. Uh, like, it, it, some of us are going through a fast, and what we're doing is we're uh, eliminating breakfast. Some of us are eliminating breakfast and lunch. Some of us are eliminating breakfast, lunch, and dinner and supplementing with soups and shakes or something like that. Some people are having this, hey, hey, you chew it, you don't do it type thing. Um, it's, like, it's, it, it's just different for everybody. Some people are giving up sugar. By the way, that is one of the hardest things you will ever, ever do physically. Sugar, and, I, and I'm a, I'm a, I study nutrition. I used to actually be, uh, this is what brought us to Kansas City, my wife Judy and I, to Kansas City. I was running the food service departments for uh, uh, several hospitals in town. I was, a food, I was a healthcare administrator, and we did some housekeeping and things like that. So I led those kind of things. And I studied nutrition and all those kind of things on my own. I was, I've always been fascinated by how certain vitamins and how certain ionic you know, whatever, how they, how they uh, uh, do things in your body and how they metabolize and what they help with and the hormones that they help to, like, your body has a chance to heal itself in a lot of ways, right? And I study that and I love that kind of stuff and I get into that kind of thing, but I'm a food service director in a major, major hospital in town. And I started doing some studies on my own and I presented some of these studies to some leaders in the hospital and I got in trouble. Because I didn't follow the recommended dietary guidelines that were established to the hospital dietitians, and I got reported. Like, like, I, like, I ain't mad about it or anything like that, and I'm not having some trauma about it. But I was surprised because I said, I, I actually looked at this, and I studied this, and this is what, when I started eating this particular way, man, uh, weight loss, heart rate went down, uh, blood pressure went down, I felt better, it was crazy, I was like, I was clear, it was weird, right? And then I got in trouble for presenting my findings. Like, this is, this is how ingrained, how we're supposed to uh, do food in our culture is, right? Oh, you ever hear this? Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You hear that one, right? Guess who, guess who said that? The breakfast people that sell you breakfast. Like at some point, you got to go, wait a second now. Uh, it, like, like when you start looking into a lot of these things, and I'm not trying to conspiracy theory this or anything like that. I get it. But, you know, you hear people say things all the time about, well, you know, the best way to eat is to eat a, eat a, a small meal 38 times a day or whatever it is, right? Like you kind of just get a little bit here, a little bit there. What I'm studying is that your body physiologically does better and toxins come out of your system when you have a period of time that you actually don't eat. Your endocrine system, your pancreas, your digestive tract actually gets a chance to rest. And people are like, I never thought about it like that. 
Like when you're constantly barraging your body with food, your body never gets a chance to actually rest. And then we say, well, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And I'm looking at scripture going, I don't think that's in the Bible. In fact, I think it was part of the culture there that maybe you didn't eat for a few days in a row. It, it, like Maybe the availability of food, that kind of thing, I don't know. But, but it's, it's interesting that you look at that culture and that, like when Jesus feeds the 5,000, he feeds the 4,000. Those people had not eaten in days. And they were walking with Jesus, following Jesus around. And he sat them down, then he fed them, right? But it's absolutely stunning to me that we have replaced, like, like in the pushback that I get from, from people that are saying, well, well, you know, so-and-so. Now, uh, Hannah White is pregnant. Right? Okay. If she had said, if she had said no, I'd have been like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Six weeks, right? Something like that, four weeks, four weeks, oh, four weeks left, right? She's eight weeks, eight, eight months pregnant. Yeah, I can't wait to meet this monster, right? Angel, sorry. Well, you won't tell if it's a boy or a girl, and you don't know either, so, you know, it's kind of like one of those deals. You're going to be surprised with the rest of us, so. Little Scooter, can't wait to meet him, her. Can't wait, can't wait to meet this baby. Um, but here's the deal. Hannah probably should not go on a water fast right now. Probably most of you should not dive into the deep end of the pool if you've never done fasting and say, okay, I'm going to do a water fast for 40 days, right? I'm going to climb up on Mount Sinai like Moses did in Exodus before he wrote the Ten Commandments and, and do no water and no food for 40 days. I'm just going to be sustained by the Lord. You may, here's the deal, God says to do it, do it, but... I recommend you might want to kind of ease into fasting. But nevertheless, you will find some really cool stuff happening. I, I am having just a little physical experience that I'm having. I'm having some really, really weird dreams. Like one of the dreams I had, I was telling the guys this morning, one of the dreams I had recently, I was like, me and Shaquille O'Neal are, 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 are walking down the street. Shaq, me and Shaq, right? Why not? And what was weird is I didn't have to look up at him. I was just looking at him straight. You know, hey, what's up, Shaq? How you doing, man? And so Shaq had this thing in his hand, and he threw it in the trash can, and I went, Kobe! <laughs> and he looks at me and goes, Kobe? And I thought he was mad, but then he started laughing, and I'm laughing, and he's laughing, and I wake up, and I'm like, that's the funniest thing I think I've ever experienced. It's just crazy. <laughs> And, of course, I'm dreaming about eating goat chicken go gizzards. I mean, you know, that's, so I'm having those kind of weird dreams, right? One of the things I'm experiencing, though, and I'll never forget this, is I remember the, you know, we've done, I've, we've done several 40-day fasts. And I caution even saying these things. I'm not supposed to say, I'm fasting. But I, I think people, when they fast, a lot of times they, they get really really hangry, right? They get funky hungry, right? And they, and they express that to other people and they get, uh, you know, irritable or whatever. And, and Jesus is like, don't be like them. In fact, he says, they make their faces unattractive. So their fasting is obvious to people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you fast, notice he's not commanding to fast, but this is just what we do. When you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, look presentable, take a bath, 
quit complaining, get the scowl off your face so that when you, you don't, so, so when you fast, do those things so that when you don't show your fasting to people, but to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will what? Reward you. And, you know, we've done some fasting for when we started this church eight years ago this week. Right? Hard to believe. And we were in the, in the community, I've been in the community about a year and a half, so almost 10 years we've been here at Edgerton. So it blows my mind, right, how fast that goes. But we started a 40-day fast then. Never done it before. Shakes and soups only, if that. And we do that every time we start a campus. And so many of us did that when we started the Raytown campus out of here. And I remember sitting, just a couple of just helpful hints. Probably if you do this, day three is the hardest. I don't know what it is. Every time I do one, day three is the hardest. Like I'm just, oh, for whatever reason. But I'll never forget, as crazy as the dreams that I may have or as weird as some of the biological things, because here's what's happening, man. Toxins are leaving, right? Like you're, you're starting to, you're starting to pure, like your body's starting to become pure. And it's really an experience. But, but more than that, there's a spiritual intimacy with Jesus that I cannot express. I remember sitting on my back deck. Um, I think it was when we were doing the Raytown fast. And I am sitting with the Lord. And, and like I'm, I'm just back there, and I just feel his presence just, just come over me. And I feel just such a closeness with him that I'm like, I've never felt this before. And I don't ever feel it. Unless I'm fasting. It's weird. I don't feel this when I'm eating, quote unquote, three meals a day or six meals a day or whatever. I don't feel this. And I, and it, I, I don't know if it has as, as much to do with the deprivation of food as it is the reliance on Jesus and this pursuit of Jesus and at the expense of my personal, natural desires. And yeah, I may sound funny in meetings because they hear this, and I don't care because I'm with Jesus, right? And I'm pursuing him, and I just want to be with him. And I, there are times, man, when I'm eating regularly, because I pre, you, and you appreciate eating too. Like it's like, woo, I get to eat something cool, Awesome. Uh, but, but also when you start eating, you go like, I think I need to go back on that fast, man. Because there's this intimacy that I have had with the Lord that I can't explain that I've never experienced before. And I'm sitting back there and I just feel his presence. Like, like, and, I'm out, and I ain't hungry at all. And I'm feeling and I'm like, God, you're just with me and you're through me and you're in me and I'm in you. It's just incredible. And yes, fasting in the Bible is all about food. It's always about food. It's, but, it's, but it's a heart issue. It's a mindset issue. It's a pursuit of Jesus issue. Fasting, yes, it's a spiritual discipline, but we don't do it to become disciplined. And here's the thing I want to warn us against. Because 40-day fasts in Scripture, are all, like they're followed by some big God moments. But that's not our goal. I don't want to, 
I don't want you to go into a fast and go, okay, God, you need to do something big. I want you to go into a fast and say, God, whatever you want, I just want you. Because if we do that, if we pursue Jesus that way, man, I, I, to me, it's like when somebody comes to say, I want to help in any way that I can. I want to serve in any way that I can. I mean, I feel like I could trust that person with whatever. But if somebody says, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this specific thing, I want to do this big thing, whatever, you know, it's like, I get this funky feeling about it. That's just me. I think sometimes God says, you know what? Don't expect anything. Just be with me. God says, you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. It's a, so, so this nearness that we want to have is a, Whenever we pray, whenever we give, and, and, and whenever we fast, it's to seek God, not to get a reward, but to seek God and see what happens. It's so the pressure is off. Our purpose for fasting is to seek Jesus, period. Amen. Amen. I shared with you, kind of mentioned Exodus 34, where Moses was there in the, with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. He did not, did not eat bread or drink water and then that was followed by him writing in the Ten Commandments. Big deal, right? Matthew 4, 1 through 4, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Yeah, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God and all God's people said, amen. amen. It's different, radically different from what everybody in the culture is going to tell you. And I've experienced this in, you know, the marketplace personally. Even when you just say, hey, I think there may be some other studies that are needed here and people freak out. Something about food, man. In our culture, I mean, who's going to celebrate a birthday party without big old sugary cake? Right? I mean, it's just, again, I'm not, it's not always a sin it, unless it becomes one. And it's, and it's hard to understand this because nobody's thinking like this. But the culture doesn't think like Jesus. And our alignment with him it's got to be the thing that we got to be pursuing, right? It's him. It's his love. It's his attention. It's we're devoted to him. John 14, over and over, he says, if you love me, you'll do what I say. So I don't want any of us to be fasting or giving or praying because the Bible says so. The Bible says so because that's God's word. We just pursue God, whatever he says we do, not because we got to and not because he said so, but because we love him. And this pursuit of God through this fast, man, it's, it's different. And when you get there, you'll understand what I'm talking about, this intimacy that you have with God. It's crazy good. One of the best books I've heard besides the Bible to talk about the fasting and prayer is by Ronnie Floyd, The Power of Prayer and fasting. Tina, I think you got a copy of it recently. Are you, you got a, yeah, look it up. There it is. Tina's got a copy of it. Um, just bought it. Like, it's, it's phenomenal. 
Some people may go on a juice fast. Some people may fast a meal. Some people may knock out you know, something that they really, really love to eat, sugar or bread or whatever it is, right? Um, they may knock those things out. But it's always, always, always about food. Some people may go on a, uh, what we call a Daniel fast, where it's vegetables and water. Some people may go on a particular kind of, uh, you know, they may skip one or two meals or just eat lunch or something like that. Listen, here's the deal. Pray about this. Let's start this together. I think God will reveal to us what we need to do individually and collectively as a body. Let's see what God does with that. Again, that not being our goal. Our goal is a pursuit and a love of Jesus. Amen. Father, we love you. This is one of the weirdest uh, things to talk about because it's so different. (laughs) And the common knowledge, which a lot of times is um, wrong in our culture, it's just common and it becomes the right thing. And then we get accused of being conspiracy theorists because we trust your word more than we trust anybody else. Um, it's just different. And God, we're not going to try to make it understandable for anybody. We just want to pursue you and, and let you do your thing. And that's what it's about. You are holy. You are amazing. You are the alpha, the omega, the creator of absolutely everything we see. And God, I want to thank you for letting us be in a culture, in a country where we have the option to fast. Um, that's really pretty cool. I, 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 I'm amazed by that and thankful for that. May food never become an idol for any of us. May it never... What did, what did Paul write? May we never be a slave to our stomach. May we only be yours and yours alone. Father, as we go through this, these things that you've talked about, as we, we're praying and we're learning to give and whatever that looks like, uh, tithing and generosity and all those kind of things, And as we're learning to fast and what that means, God, may we just pursue you. You promise, and this is what I love, you promise if we draw near to you, you'll draw near to us. We are drawing near to you through these things. We ask that you guide us in how these things need to happen, both individually and collectively as a body of believers. We ask that you protect us from the attacks that are going to be coming because we're getting closer to you and the Frankly, the devil don't like it. Lord, uh, get that punk away from us. And may we fully understand, a little bit more fully anyway, who you are and what you've done as we're going through this pursuit of you. Lord, may you protect us, provide for us, and guide us in these things because this all belongs to you. And we ask these things in your amazing son's name, Jesus. Everybody in the house with some enthusiasm said, amen. and online you said amen as well. Tina's going to close us out. Thank you, Tina.